Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Yeah, just a pleasure to be here, Nathan. I, I know for everybody hearing it, we're like a week apart. But you're seeing a lot of this ugly mug lately. I apologize. <laughs> but that's okay, because there was a lot that I wasn't seeing of it. It's, uh, it's true. So. That was the golden season for you <laughs> when you weren't seeing it. But, you know, I had my terrible cold flu virus thing, whatever I had a week or so ago. Yeah. We were delaying things, and now we're kind of getting caught up. Yeah. But through the magic of podcasting. That's right. It sounds like we see each other once a week. Yeah, dude. And not only uh, through the magic of podcasting, but we have the uh, matter, ma- magic of modern technology. Yeah, We are doing this whole month is missions month. Love it. Kicked it off uh, talking to my lovely wife, Joy, she was uh, great, about uh, her trip to Ghana and and that family reunion that they had with uh, her adopted brothers and their biological family, which was so uh, so neat to hear about. Um, and today we are talking with uh, I'm going to call her a fan favorite because she's been on before. She's been on before, and uh, our fans have enjoyed her before, and so I see no reason why they wouldn't enjoy her again. Um, but we have uh, Christina Knapp joining us. Uh, from the Philippines. Yes. Christina, how are you doing today? Good morning. Well, I say good morning. Well, good night to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. Greetings from Manila. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Just, uh, again, a little peek behind the curtain. So, Greg, you and I are recording at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, our time, which is... 7 a.m. Wednesday, Christina's time. So, oh, that's I, you know, Christina, that's the one time change I can remember. <laughs> I, I just have to go a.m. to p. Now, wait a minute, though. Does the daylight savings Eastern Standard, whatever, does that mess it up? You know, when is that? A couple it weeks? Does. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, it will. So, so, like, half the year it's 12 hours and half the year it's 13 hours. And I'm always like, wait, which one is it right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, that is oh. funny. I, quick thing. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'll keep it short. Relates to nothing we're going to talk about, but, you know, it's the way my ADHD brain works. When I, a uh, couple years ago, was driving a school bus, uh, that was called Samantha's Expensive College Fund until she got better <laughs> scholarships, um, they told us, this is so interesting, I asked in, like, a training session, I said, hey, whatever happened to, there used to be, like, one hour late. It, now it's either closed or two hours late. Did they not do one hour? I said, actually, remember, there were times there were an hour and a half late. Yeah. Like 90 minutes late. And she said, okay, Greg, let me explain why. And she said, I can't tell you the number of calls we would get when we would say it's one hour late. And, uh, you know, uh, they'd get calls of transportation. They'd be like, what time does my child have to be at the bus stop? Well, ma'am, we're one hour late today. Right, so what time? They were, well, what time are they normally there? Oh, my God. 
you know, oh, uh, 8.05. Okay, well, today it would be 9.05. She said, now imagine having to answer that for one hour. Can you imagine what happened with 90 minutes? Oh. Uh, <laughs> when people oh had to add. So, Christina, that's what you're living, right? You're thinking, wait a minute. Half the, yeah. when, when does it change to... So, wait, am I right on this? Yeah, obviously, in the upcoming, when we go back, what is it, dude, standard in sometime in November, I guess? I don't know. I but think... Yeah, it's it's sometime in November. We fall back, right? We That's what happens. So, yeah. 2 a.m. becomes oh. 1 a.m., but for you, it stays 2 p.m. I think that's right. what happens. Yeah, we don't yeah. do... Sta- we don't do, say, like... Daylight savings, anything. Yeah, I wish we did. Weren't they talking about dropping it? Yeah, but they were talking about dropping the wrong end. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, they're talking they're... about dropping the one that actually people would do better with. <laughs> yes. Than the one that people do worse with. Which is the extended daylight. Is Extended daylight's what they're trying to get. Yeah. The summer one. Anyway, Christina, <laughs> I'll just remember half the year it's 12 hours. <laughs> and then 13 well, Rule, yeah, the moral of the story, move to the Philippines. We have 12 hours of daylight. No, oh, <laughs> All year I, round. oh, I love it. That sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds Does nice. It, sunrise and sunset, it moves like by like an hour the whole year. Wow. Because we're so close to the, we're so close to the equator. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's The moral funny. of the story, move here. Move there. I like it. <laughs> Spoken of that is a woman who loves where God's put her, right, Nathan? That's she says. I love it. I'm going to extend it out. Christina, for the benefit of new listeners, we were chit-chatting you know, before tonight's podcast. You were uh, uh, one of our early guests, we were saying like a million mm-hmm. years ago, which is probably eight years ago. Or yeah. something. But just give us, what do you want to ask first, Nathan? You're the host. Yeah, no, uh, I think you're the headed on the right stuff. track. Yeah, uh, go ahead and, and for our new listeners out there, Christina, and maybe for the ones who haven't, uh, heard you uh, in a bit. Uh, talk to us uh, about your bio and include the the things that you're currently doing yeah. uh, with your mm-hmm. organization, mm-hmm. with your mission organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, in 2006, I moved to the Philippines with, uh, it used to be called New Tribes Mission, but now yeah. it's called Ethnos 360. Mm-hmm. So right. same, same organization, just name change. Mm-hmm. Moved to the Philippines 2006, been two years doing Tagalog language study. Then I moved up north to build a house in a village of an indigenous people group. And I was there for three years, horribly sick, multiple times. Yeah. Leadership is like, you know, not very sustainable here. How about you do a support ministry in town? Yeah. So I moved to uh, our regional support center and I was the bookkeeper and supply buyer and guest house manager. And after two years of that, of doing three jobs, and I was telling leadership, wow. like, I love to work, but uh, three's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then I moved to Manila in 2015, and I was working in the finance office for two years uh, with my good friend. And that was going really well, but they needed somebody to do administration, like to be administrator. Right. So leadership comes trotting to my door one more time and says, <laughs> we have a plan for your life. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how can you resist that sales pitch? 
Exactly. No, yeah. no. Uh, as you can tell, leadership all along the way, they've done they've done really well. And so when they said, "Hey, we really need somebody to be administrator. We think you can do it. Will you do it?" I said, "Well, you've so far you've been on the ball, so sure." Yeah. By the way, what's an administrator do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. Sorry, you have to delete that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so administrator basically oversees the logistics of the organization. If because our entire point of being in the Philippines is to plant churches amongst the indigenous peoples. That mm. is our sole purpose. Yeah. And everything we do feeds into that. So as administrator, I got to make sure the wheels keep rolling with the government, with employee stuff, with our regional support centers, budgets, um, the support personnel within those support centers. Yeah. Wow, um, Christina. So can I assume um, your job and your responsibilities, I should say, uh, it's probably rare you have two days sequentially that look the same. Um, yeah. Every day is sort of, there's a new adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, might not always feel like an adventure, but a new challenge uh, awaiting you. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, that would be very, very true. Although there's two constants, my computer and people. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're either meeting with people or you're on your computer with those things. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. That's sort of the, I mean, people are the ultimate, for lack of a better word, resource, right? You're trying to get everybody mm -hmm. aligned uh, because yeah. that if, is what how God works through and gets his kingdom to spread. And the computer is mm -hmm. your uh, is your paintbrush, right? That is your your main tool. Yeah. So that's neat. You've got tool. those two constants, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because people, if they're not doing well, yeah, like yeah. you said, they're the greatest resource. So you know what? I don't think I maybe I knew about this in the past, Christina. But how how did COVID impact you uh, and your oh. ministry there? Like what <laughs> what was that like there in the Philippines? Obviously, we. We have our stories here, but what was it like uh, for mm. you? Step one, I love the Philippines. I love the Filipino people. Yeah. And to see the Filipino people, the Philippines in general, just pitch in everybody, like, because everything shut down. Yeah. 100% shut down. Like, in the city of Manila, think of it as New York City, you know, like Manhattan and Queens and all mm. that. Same in Manila. So, but imagine in New York City, you couldn't go from Brooklyn to Queens. Wow. Because you can't. Yeah. And like, and each house had like one person who could go get groceries and pharmaceutical stuff. That was it. Wow. And like, you could only go to those grocery stores and banks and pharmacies within your, uh, it's smaller than, it would be smaller than Brooklyn. It would be like, a, it's here it's called a barangay. You could only stay within your town. Mm, wow. So, very, very, very locked down. Um, and so tons and tons and tons of people were completely out of work. Like the jeepney drivers were not allowed to drive oh. for eons. Wow. And they'd be out on the streets. Well, they weren't allowed on the streets out for a long time. But so there'd be like one person in the family who still has their job, wow. you know, and like all the extended family. And everybody's dividing. They're like, I've got two pesos. You take one. I've got... 
three kilos of rice. You take one. Wow. And everybody, yeah. <clears throat> hmm. It's it's the Filipino spirit. Everybody hmm. shares and everybody helps one another. It was it was tough here. That wow. sounds uh that sounds completely different than what we experienced <laughs> early on where there were just shelves cleared of toilet paper and other products oh. because people were were hoarding. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, you know. So it sounds like oh, your actually, experience was was almost the polar opposite, where people were like, "Yeah, we don't have a lot of resources, but neither does anyone else. So let's share what we've got." Mm-hmm. Well, and a funny story with that. So, like, I got the pass to be able to go to the grocery store. So I'm at the grocery store. And I had to do it. I took a picture of the toilet paper aisle and I sent it home yeah. because it was fully stopped the whole time. Wow. <laughs> because there are other methods, shall we say? There's yeah. other methods <laughs> on that priority list here. Yeah. But the rice aisle was gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There was like two grains on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We, um, we have talked about that other country's concept of what is more essential than others right? yeah it's communal what's not um how long did that sort of intense strict period last you see because it hit the same time right i assume this hits you guys in what Mm -hmm. early spring or late uh late winter of 2020 what was it nathan march March, 15 yeah march March 15 15, yeah yeah. it was because we were everybody was gathering for our field conference and then it was like Everything was going to shut down. No planes, trains, whatever you call it. Nothing. Wow. So, yeah, we it was very distinct for us. A long time. Let's put it this way. The mask mandate on public transportation was dropped about a month ago. Wow. wow. Yeah. A lot longer than here. Yeah. <clears throat> much, much longer. Wow. Much, yeah. And then because we're guests in a host country... There's no obligation. Like, we had missionaries who were stuck out of the country. Yeah. And who wanted to get back to their ministries. But the Philippines closed their borders. Yeah. Mm. And they were very, very selective on who they were allowing in. And they're under no obligation to allow us. We're guests in this country. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So there's, they have no, there's no reason to let us in, you know. Wow, Christina, so, yeah. can I ask on, on a personal level for you, did that present challenges for you? Or did you find ways to stay connected with team members? Uh, or do, like, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering what level of personal alienation you may or may not mm. have experienced. Oh. oh, yeah, it was tough. So, uh, when they announced that everything was going to shut down and we were going to go into like a two week, um, quarantine mm-hmm. i packed up because i live of course alone in a little apartment and when i heard that i packed a little carry-on and mm-hmm. i went to our guest house because yep. our guest house is where our main office is right because okay. i was yeah. like i'm not sitting in an apartment for two weeks by myself that's yeah. you know Ooh. called solitary confinement right yeah like, right <laughs> and i'm glad i did because after that it that initial went on for nine months wow wow because we yeah. didn't, we didn't even experience that mm-hmm. for that long. I mean, we had we yep. we extended into, I think it was June uh, when it finally mm-hmm. started lifting, Sounds and then right. by July, 
all of those, uh, you know, lockdown restrictions were fully out of place at that point. There were still other there were other things, safety but, precautions, but, but, but the lockdown like was really by, I mean, by I, summer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know people were ignoring it sooner than that, but right. but really by, I, I would say by mid to late June is when it finally lifted yeah. and um, people were going out. But but you're saying it was. I mean, really, that's that's till December at that oh, point. It was it was long and it was strict. Wow. But if you if you look at the Philippines, especially Manila, we're like what fifteen million just mm-hmm. in this little city. Mm-hmm. There, there, the resources do not exist to be able to handle fifteen <clears throat> million people with COVID. I'm sure. And the living situations of everybody on top of each other. Oh, go social distance in your bedroom. No, there's five people in the bedroom. Yeah. Let's go. Like, like wow. it's just so different. There's, I don't, I don't know how the government, how else the government could have done it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. really easy to play like armchair quarterback. Yeah, sure. Talk about millions and millions of people, and there's nowhere to go. Yeah, so. yeah, and you've got an unknown virus with no treatments, especially in those early months. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than, yeah. yeah, the best you can do with sort of the, the approach. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Christina, but so it sounds like when you're in the guest house, there's mm. other people there. Um, or. Uh, init- initially it was our guest house manager, her husband, the finance guy. Yeah. And then in June they left, they were able to fly to the States to take their oldest daughter. Cause she was, well, they, the whole family left, of course. Yeah. But um, their oldest daughter had just graduated, so she was going to go home to go to Bible school. Oh, I got okay. So it was me and one uh, one employee in this guest house by ourselves. Yeah. Hmm. And wow. then, yeah, it was, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, I it recently talked about this uh, at church, Christina, that, you know, I, mm. I paid attention. I, I said, listen, I know those first couple of weeks were the introvert's dream. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I get a total. But even the introverts that I've talked to, mm-hmm. at, you know, it shows God did not design us for long term, mm. like you said, solitary confinement. Right. We he no. designed us to live in community, he designed us to be with each other, to depend and lean on each other, yeah. to serve and enrich each other. So it's interesting. I haven't met an introvert that said. Oh, I loved it long term. I think they loved it initially, yeah. you know, because you got you yeah, know. Yeah, initially. Oh, oh, initially it was great. Oh, yeah. But then, like, so you couldn't go to church, right? You know, yeah. and that I know in the states there was this also a huge thing, but he, uh, in Manila, I think we were finally able to go to church face to face, like at reduced capacity or whatnot mm-hmm. in October. Wow. I'm going to tell you, I almost cried, and like, I don't cry. You could ask my family yeah. for them. Um, but I almost cried. It was like being home with family. Mm. Wow. That's and you like that fellowship, that community, yeah. you know, oh, you want, yeah. Yeah. It, it hard. It was like, Oh, I'm with family. We're together. Yeah. We can worship the Lord together. Oh, oh. Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. Christina. I'm so glad we're talking to you on this <laughs> side of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, looking uh, looking at that time, Christina, I mean, I'm assuming being in Manila, you have fairly decent internet connection being in a larger city like that. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. 
So, yep, so I'm was, sitting in my apartment with Wi-Fi. Yep, it's good. I mean, was that was nice. that taxed at all uh, during during COVID, and and how how did that impact you all? And 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 I'm asking for a specific reason, which I'll get to in a minute. But but was that taxed no. at all during COVID? Um, I think because we have missionaries in very we have a we have a right. Uh, a full spectrum of internet things. Cause we got missionaries in the village was very, very, very limited. Yeah. Some in villages were very good. Yeah. Uh, it, so it wide spectrum. The thing that was very beneficial was that we had just started using Microsoft teams oh, a few yeah. months before. Yeah. Before COVID hit. And so our connectivity was way better than it ever would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even if we had limited, bandwidth with the internet but overall it was fine yeah Yeah. good yeah now and and so part of the reason why i ask is that i'm assuming that you like everyone else kind of went into a state of doing church online during that time frame Mm -hmm. is that is Mm -hmm. that correct oh yeah Um, oh yeah Mm -hmm. i and and Talk to us about that because I, I'm interested and curious mm. to find out what your perspective on that was. Um, obviously, mm. as Greg said, the long-term sustainability of being alone and and working through uh, life, working through your relationship uh, mm-hmm. in, in faith is is meant to be done in a group context, but, but talk to us about the experience that you had in church online. Oh yeah. So the church I'm a part of excellent church, uh, Green Hills Christian fellowship. Um, and they, they did an excellent job. There was, they did online church, all of the, sm- like the small groups, they all just kicked over to zoom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Although I, I will admit, I just, I didn't have the capacity to do a zoom to join my zoom small group for months. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't do that. Sure, yeah. sure. It was better than nothing. And they all did the very best. And like we even were doing, I was recording Sunday school lessons to do for kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's better than nothing. And of course, I'm coming from it as someone who's living alone. Yeah. Um, so I felt it even more. But long term. Yeah. You were, you were desperate for face-to-face fellowship interaction with somebody. You know, it's just, it's good if there's no other option, but if there's a face-to-face option, there's no contest. Yeah. 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 And I, like hands down. Yeah. I think that's a very similar, uh, thought to, to what we felt as well is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if we need to do this, we're going to do this, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's not make any bones about it. You know, God designed us to be in person with one another. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, like you said, we made cool. it work. Um, and, yeah. and, and it, and it, and it did work, you know, we, no, we really got did. through, um, I mean, I will say yeah. that I think one of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but one of your favorite things about it, which, um, I, I spoke to my grandfather, uh, before he passed away, who was, you know, he passed away at 96. So he's old school, you know, um, oh, yeah. but talk to him about the idea that, uh, for Christmas Eve, you had a Christmas Eve 
with your family and oh, just yeah. your family that you had really never experienced before as a pastor yeah. because you're always working, but you were able to pre-record yeah. the message and the service and and drop that and, and enjoy that uh, mm-hmm. with your church family. Um, oh, yeah, that was... Um, I mean, this is the stuff that uh, Christina always say, well, I guess I can say it. I think Matt felt this too. Um, you know, initially we were we were doing everything live. It just seemed like the way to do it. And then when we realized, oh, this looks like this is going to go on a while. This is not, you know, I think we all thought like you did. That's ah, going to be a week or two, maybe a month. You know, we can get through and then we'll be in a better place. And then you start having the sense, this doesn't seem to be going anywhere for a little while. So we started to pre-record because, um, one, you can just do a better job uh, with content and, you know, trouble-free glitches and all that kind of thing. Uh, so we were doing that. So, they, yeah, there were a series of Sundays when I would wake up. You know, at that time, no churches were meeting um, mm-hmm. at that point. And I'm putting, you know, coffee on in the morning and I'm kind of coming downstairs and I'm sitting with Lisa and the kids and I'm firing up the uh, YouTube app on the TV yep. to watch the service that's going to drop at such and such time. And, uh, yeah, I won't deny, I always say, Christina, as a, and you know this as a PK, you mm-hmm. generally miss church when you're, you either plan uh, because there's a vacation you've got planned or a getaway and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you got everything in place for that getaway or you're you're sick if it's spontaneous, which is no fun because you're at home feeling lousy. But that occasional, I always say to Nathan, when you've told me sometimes, dude, Joy and I this weekend, we yeah. had relatives coming in. Sunday, we're getting people back there. We're probably not going to be here this Sunday. Yeah. And I always say, number one, Nathan, uh, I'm not policing you. Right, not right. keeping score. It's not like that. Number two, I'm insanely jealous because <laughs> I've never been able to take... That, you know, sort of spontaneous, right. uh, just this would be a good Sunday for us to do blah, blah, blah this week and miss it. Mm. But there was a series of Sundays and Christmas Eve, too. That yeah. was, uh, the kids were almost shocked. They didn't know what to do with it. Like, oh, Dad, just, you're, we're home? We're Yeah, we're just home. and we're Dad, just go out for a few hours yeah. and then come back. <laughs> I, know, I said, yeah. I can't, nothing's open. Uh, <laughs> so I... Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was an interesting time. Uh, so let me move this forward a little, Christine, in terms of the the state of things there now. Although, wow, I mean, when you just say the mask mandate ended maybe a month or so ago, that I'm still wrapping my head around that. Um, but can you give us some insight? Obviously, your mission is, uh, and the organization you're with. The, the desire, I love it, is to plant churches among indigenous people groups, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, that is as as Book of Acts, Pauline, purist as you get. Um, yeah. Okay, can you comment on just, I'm sure it varies spot to spot, sort of gospel church receptivity among the people that uh, your team is trying yeah. to minister to? Yeah, it's, yeah, again, we've got the full spectrum because especially coming out of COVID and finally people are able to, you know, move about like 
and we're getting new missionaries, like the backlog of people who wanted to come oh, during COVID. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So wow. right now we're we're like in like fire mode, like let's go. Like wow. you know, we've got I think like ten families doing language study wow. and they're all mm-hmm. like some of them are nearing the end and they're looking at what villages that you know or people groups that they might go to. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna be starting what we call PGA, people group assessment, yeah. which goes right into that the receptivity. Um so uh, what we do is we go, we do all these surveys and we talk with people in various people groups in various areas and we just listen, you know, mm-hmm. and, and glean all this information. What are people's understanding of the gospel? Mm. Um, is there any church that preaches the gospel in the area? What is their circle of effectiveness? I should yeah. say, like, you know, if that, for lack of a better word, um, are they understanding it in a language that they truly understand? Mm. Because being the Philippines, there's like 170 languages. Yeah. So yeah. you can't just walk up and be like, so you get it, right? Everybody's right. like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that doesn't work. Yes, yes, of course I do. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, we get a lot of languages to be working with. Yeah. And, um, and so, and of course, our point, we want to have, we want to have churches, in people groups that have no access to the gospel and a language they, that they understand. And so we prioritize those. And with that is, do they even want us? Because there are needs everywhere. Yeah. So mm. why should we bang down the door of somebody who doesn't even want us when there's somebody over the hill who wants us, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now with that, there is that receptivity, you know, where people want the gospel. But as unbelievers... We should always expect them to act as unbelievers. Yeah. Mm. For instance, you know, we're like, oh, they want us. Oh, this praise the Lord. People want the gospel. And they're like, so we want medicine. We want clean drinking water uh, and we yeah. want medical help. Yeah. You're like, oh, sure. But we, that's part of the package, not the package. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, what else would you expect? Because no one, and of course we can get into some seriously deep, uh, Calvinist, Arminius viewpoints on all sorts of things of, does anybody truly want the gospel? Right. right. Uh, yeah. We'll just skip right over that. Right, <laughs> right. Unbelievers. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think you just gave us like uh, our idea for our November podcast uh, theme, but but keep, keep going, Christina. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we do have people who are receptive and, and who want missionaries, and we as clearly as we are able to explain, this is why we're coming. This is what we want to do. Yeah. And and then if they're like, yes, we want you, we move in. Yeah. And we start learning their language. We learn their culture. We present the gospel. And of course, nobody is, no, that's the wrong way to start it. Everyone has a religious system of some sort. Mm, yep. Usually yeah. multiple. You know, it's everybody. There's no like blank slate. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. got to start all the way back at the beginning. This is God. This is man. This is sin. Genesis 1 1. Yeah. And all the way through, here is the story of redemption. All the way through. So there yeah. is a clear, as clear as, as we could possibly make it in their language and in their culture. This mm. is the gospel. Mm. Yeah. This is why Christ has come to earth. You know? Yeah. And then, then we have like this itty bitty little seedling. Or like a little baby chick, and 
can we grow them? Yeah. You know, and then help them reach other villages yeah. with the gospel. Like we got one, the missionaries have been there for like longer than I've been alive. All right. Mm. Like literally. They don't do any teaching at all. Mm. Wow. They're, at all. They're translating the Old Testament. The elders of the church are doing all the teaching and they're training teachers in that church to reach, do outreaches into other villages. And now they've spread out so far. One Bible teacher comes back to the missionary. He's like, so, you know, the lesson material I have, can you put it in another language? Wow. And the guy's like 76 years old. He's like, I've got 10 years left on earth. Yeah. You can either do the Old Testament. <laughs> You can do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. They're just trying to churn out as much, you know, material resources as they possibly can for these people. They're doing audio Bible, Mm. you know, like they'll get people who speak the Higanonan language clearly to come in and do recordings. Mm. And they're translating like that and trying to print it into durable materials because these guys are hoofing it all over the mountains. Like through the rivers and yeah, the whole nine yards. Wow. You know, it's, it's amazing. So yeah, yeah I get all excited. So yeah, no, I love it. That's yeah. That's great. I, I'm wondering if you would be willing to comment on, on the process of building the relationship with the people mm. that you're mm. trying to witness to, because I think, I think one of the things that, and I'm sure being connected uh, to the United States with friends and families and things like that. You, you see like, I, I mean, just what a dumpster fire that, you know, mm-hmm. social media can be. And, you know, uh, Christians who are getting online and saying and doing things, railing against one group or another. Talk to us about mm-hmm. the process of like going to another country where, I mean, you look at you look at the Philippines and and how mm-hmm. you grew up and where you grew up. I mean, these these are you know totally opposite systems of of life and things like that. And and you need to integrate into that culture. So talk to mm-hmm. us about that integrating into the culture and building those relationships with these people. Oh yeah, and and Nathan, you 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 nailed it. You said opposite, mm-hmm. and that. That would probably be the key word. Like, <clears throat> there's values that we hold as very, very important, mm-hmm. and they have no value here. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's like our American sense of self sufficiency and independence. Yeah. That has no value here. Interesting. Zero. Like, that's a negative value. Yeah. So, opposite. So, yeah. And, and again, the Philippines, I love this country. Hmm. You come here. You, you, you break your brain trying to learn the language and you go out and you and you stumble through some words and you butcher it. Uh-huh. I mean, you just sound like a two-year-old, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you learned our language. Good job. <laughs> and they're so kind. Wow. Meanwhile, back in the States, if somebody's got an accent, we're ready to nail them to the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. So step one, learn their language mm-hmm. and culture. You know? Not just the words. Don't do just the grammar. You learn the language and culture. Learn to walk through life, viewing life the way your neighbors do. Mm. The people that you're trying to reach. You've got to be living in that life. Yeah. Um, 
So when they move into the village, yeah, their house doesn't look exactly like it because that's that's not how your house looks is not it. But the way you function through your life, will you when somebody shows up on your porch, typical American or let's just say typical Western because we're very international. We got tons of Germans and all sorts. Mm-hmm. So typical Western is, yep, what you need. OK, bye bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, here, there's yeah. a problem. Let me solve your problem and get you out the door. and here it's relationships yeah it's time invested in that relationship and so as you walk through life people start to open up about different things and it's like a it's like a close open like you'll see it you know you'll go through something like somebody loses a child or, or someone's badly burned and they'll open up a little bit and depending on how you react you'll either deepen the relationship Oop, did we lose Christina? <clears throat> oh, and so then, fun, yeah, it's just finally like, and you're, you're you're learning their language, you're learning their culture, you're building the this relationship. That when you're like, I have this very very important message, you have a right to say something. Hmm. They know that you love them. Wow. And by then, they know you're perfect after like two nanoseconds. Right. But that yeah. you're here for a very important reason. There's a reason you left home. There's a reason that you have done all this yeah. and it's very, very important. And wow. so then people are like, Hey, I think I'm going to pay attention to this yeah. in a perfect world. We do have faithful missionaries who are quote unquote doing all the right things. Yeah. And there's no interest. Interesting. The, and, and then actually that leads into this whole, like we've talked about this a lot lately. Uh, strongholds. We're not fighting against, you know, the, it's not a physical battle. There, Satan has trapped the thinking. It is strongholds of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you, these people have lived in darkness for generations. That's why we're going. There's no gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, and of course in, in America, we don't talk about spiritual warfare unless, unless you're Pentecostal, then you do. But uh, conservatives, <laughs> we don't talk about it. But uh, we all, it, it's real, okay? Yeah. And the Satan has these people trapped in yeah. darkness. Trapped. And it is a hard... It, you want to talk about the parables of the four soils? Hard, rocky, mm. flint, granite. Interesting. And it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that anything can happen. Even if the missionary is the most wonderful relationship with the most wonderful language and culture... And doing like the perfect evangelical program. Yeah. It only the Holy Spirit can do it because it is granite that you're trying to work on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about um, just the the generations of living in darkness. Um, we we've been talking about that uh, in our church recently. The the understanding what what is if if you were to talk to um, you know, an, an American teenager or young adult, what is their understanding of Scripture? And where even 20 years ago, there would be some context yeah. for Christ and, and the Bible and the gospel. We're, we're just, we don't have that now. It's, it's being so far removed so quickly uh, from the upbringing that, you know, we have to rethink our strategies 
Um, and, it, and it's interesting because you talk about this idea of there being no context. So starting at point one um, and, you know, that's that's really where we're finding we are with with many people is we need to start at point one, getting people to understand that there is that that first of all, there is a problem and what yes. what that is and what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. there what, is a God and there is absolute truth and he is the source of that absolute truth. Yeah. Like unless we're starting from that basis all the way to back to the beginning. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, something I think you're saying uh, that's very good for us to dwell on here, Nathan, is um, at, at times I'll admit I can fall prey to this mindset because everybody here in the States is so kind of locked into the have it your way, totally customized everything. Yeah. The way you want your technology, the way you want your work life and your exercise rhythm and your recreational and relational rhythms to work. We, we lock it down, we protect it. And again, in my neighborhood, the only thing I ever see that really breaks that is a snowstorm yeah. uh, where you get a little taste when you're out there. We haven't had one in a few years shoveling together, helping each other. You get that. So a lot of what we do, Christina, is we think, okay, how do we, how do we highlight the importance of relationships that we need each other? Because I do believe this is universal deep down. Like we, uh, you know, we don't, this is what we crave. We were made for community. Um, but here I sometimes can fall prey to thinking, man, if we could just get people connected and talking and building a little sense of camaraderie where in the Philippines, it sounds like some of that is built in culturally, but mm -hmm. it still shows when you talk about strongholds, it doesn't really matter if you have community friendship, uh, corporate mm -hmm. altruism and all these nice things mm -hmm. that's still not salvation. Uh, you no. know what I mean? You, so you can yeah. have people that live in a communal society where they value things that probably line up with scripture better in certain, uh, certain respects. And you can have, uh, you know, I just think of kind of a hardened New York out of my way culture, you know, to be a little stereotypical, mm -hmm. but both are equally lost mm -hmm. apart from Christ. And yeah. I love that you're saying Yes, it, it's wonderful. The people are kind. They're so impressed mm -hmm. that you've learned their language, even if you sound like a two-year-old. But there's still yeah. a need, right, mm -hmm. for their eyes and hearts to be opened, right? You're mm -hmm. just taking us to the basics of the gospel there, uh, regardless of what culture you find yourself in. Yes, yes, very much so. It, it, it comes back just to the basics. You need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You need believers willing to, to talk to the person next door. Yeah. Like, mm. just that simple. The yeah. Holy Spirit of God, the power of the gospel, and people willing to love outside of their own little selfish circle. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's, whether that's, yeah, like like you said, trying to, you know, your snowstorm, you know, just building that relationship. Yeah. You love your neighbors. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. That's so good. The uh, one one of the questions that I have for you, Christina, is uh, what? So you talked about like the the hardness and the generational darkness that's there. 
But but can you talk to us a little bit more specifically about some of the difficulties with presenting the gospel? Because again, it, it's it's such a different concept. This idea of of mm-hmm. community. So, what are the mm-hmm. challenges that that you face on a daily basis with um, th- either things that you've personally experienced or things that you've heard with church plants that are going on with inroads mm-hmm. with the gospel? Mm. Mm. Understanding, I would say number one, uh, understanding, mm. uh, because. So, so when we when we call it, uh, the chronological teaching, you know, sometimes we shorten it and call it the cron. Yeah, so yeah. People are like the Quran. The, the, the <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like, no, no, I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because we, for new tribes, we are very, very strong on the methodology of the chronological teaching approach, phase one through seven, mm-hmm. taking them, taking everyone through creation of Christ his ascension and then when you're like okay we're believers we go back through and we look at the promises but for example we have uh we have a team up north oh you want to talk about covid here's a benefit the team one couple went home to the states right before covid to have a baby mm. they got stuck in the states yeah the other family got stuck in the village wow so you, so their, their language learning took off like, because they were stuck there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, I bet. So they're phenomenal, and they're in their season. So they're doing what we call curriculum development. They're planning out the lessons, and yeah. in the lessons, we have what's called bridges and barriers. What are things that we know about this particular culture that we can use as a bridge to connect mm. them? Mm. You know, and what are some barriers that we foresee? You know, yeah. um, and I'm just going to take this as a stereotypical for for example, because I don't want to highlight any particular like what if the mindset of a people group is everyone says yes together Hmm. and how does that fit into an individual yes lord i know i see i believe yeah and how how do you communicate and come to and understand their understanding of the gospel and as you're talking with them, as you've presented them, this is what Christ has done for you individually. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, yes, me, corp- not corporately, communally. Yeah. And you're like, that that right there, that point of communicating and understanding, that would be a huge challenge. That's, yeah. that's the... Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. fascinating, Christina, because you're saying you're... Obviously, part of our gospel work is to get individual people to mm-hmm. come to a a personal sense of uh, accountability yes. before the Lord, my sin, my need, the provision he's made for me in the mm-hmm. gospel, so that even if my brother or my father or mother, best friend rejects it, I, I never thought about that. If... if yeah. If there's a communal yes and a communal no, uh, how does that, yeah. I see that as kind of a, a potential bridge and a potential barrier, right? They're, they're almost two exactly. sides of the same exactly. coin. Or, yeah. or, or take it from a different perspective. You have a village with a religious system, mm-hmm. and there's one individual that you're, re- like, say it's a close, like, 
typically your language helper is your first one who has the most light. I won't say, mo- you know, because you work so closely with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you're really working because they kind of get the preview. They get the, you know, spoiler alert of yeah. what's coming. Yep. You know, and it's like, and you're working with this person. But the family is like, no, we follow this. Mm. Yeah. And huh. and how does how does that affect that one person who's like, well, maybe I understand, but if I leave this religious system and the cr- and the rice harvest goes badly or somebody gets sick and I get blamed for it, wow, is a reality. How does that work in this it, little baby chick? who might be a believer who's still trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and you're going to expect this little baby chick to stand on their own. Yeah. Yeah. In a community, you know, in a whole system that does not stand on their own. Wow. Yeah. It's, it is literally, and that's where we go back. It is the power of God unto salvation yeah. and only that. I don't, I don't yeah. care what system you use. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's, and that, and, and can you speak to um, people who have who who that has happened with, like what what that process has looked like? I mean, do you have people who who kind of make the the break and and they're like, nope, I know that you know, I I, I see mm-hmm. that God's word is true, I know it's true, so this is what I'm doing, uh, or mm-hmm. you know, the to also the other experience where it's like, yeah, I. I I know it's true, but like, this is, this is still my home. This is still my family. So that, that struggle mm-hmm. and, and what that looks like and how you help to disciple, you know, those people as well, because mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm making an assumption here that you're not just like, well, you know, you either make a clean break or, or we're done with you. And, you know, there's, there's discipleship right. that has to happen. It's like, right. we acknowledge that you are new to this and we acknowledge that you don't have a, a, a full understanding and you're still building your confidence in, mm-hmm. in the gospel in Christ to get you to that point. Can, can you talk to some of those situations that, that you are aware of and, and, mm-hmm. and talk us through what those look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can actually, it's funny. It's like, cause of course the things I'm sharing, I'm thinking of individual people who, who are walking oh, through that. And sure. I'm thinking of, of three people right away. One of them I don't know because they're literally in the midst of there's definitely interest, Mm -hmm. but she's also being trained or is expected to be the medium in the religious system. Do you want to talk about some serious tug of war? I'll let you know how it works out. (laughs) Um, I don't know. but And then another one, this person's desire has been to be a missionary. And that person's desire to be a missionary... 17 years later, she still wants to be a missionary, but is not able to be. She's mm-hmm. not free from family commitments. Mm-hmm. She can, she's walking with the Lord. The it's, you know, she's a light to the people in her, in her sphere, mm-hmm. but she's not been able to leave yeah. mm-hmm. to be a missionary. And then another one was like, yeah, I'm gone. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, there's, but each one, it doesn't all of a sudden miraculously like the one who cut ties doesn't miraculously have this great relationship. The one who's still trying still has family difficulties. And the, and the other one who's in the midst of it, it's like, yes, it's very, very much so. So there is no like, Oh, I've made the break. It's good. We'll just continue on with life or 
it's hard no matter what. Yeah. And to yeah. have someone willing to continually walk that road and not give up mm-hmm. yeah. on that person, you yeah. know, and even if they do choose to stay, to still not give up to and love them, up. yeah, to be there. I you know, that. like you were talking about Barnabas. Yeah. That man did not give up. Right. And thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's that is so huge because again, um, it thinking through our our culture and and where we are here, mm-hmm. um, there's just uh, so much of oh well, this is your mindset, and fill in the blank, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. be, it could be political, it could be theological, it could be you know parental, what whatever it is, mm-hmm. and there's so much. Uh, you know, well, if that's the way you're going to view things, then I'm done with you. Um, and, and there isn't the struggle to stay in and say, let's work through this together. Yeah. Yeah. People are so quick to denounce because you're, you're different. I I read a stat recently. um, I think Nathan, I may have shared this here, uh, or I heard it actually on another podcast, I think, um, this isn't exactly right, but this is the gist of it. This is only a few years ago that more than, I want to say, 60% of registered Democrats do not have one identifiable Republican friend and same on the other yeah. side. Yeah. 60% of registered Republicans yeah. do not have one identifiable Democrat friend. And I thought, man, it is sad that that is the fractured culture that we're living in. So there's unique challenges yeah. there um, when yeah. you're, you know, because often people want to, well, show me your cards. If you're going to tell me about this Jesus thing, mm. show me your cards. We're like, well, we don't want to show any cards. Our card is Jesus, right? That's yeah. what we want. But we also understand sure. people trust people based on other ideological commitments and don't trust people based on others. Uh, so can I just say what I'm seeing in this conversation is so faith building for me, Christina, is just this sense that, you know, the uh, unless the Lord builds the house, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, the workers labor in vain. I mean, we're, yeah. it, it's so complicated because I think that the call of reaching the world for Jesus requires the most robust commitment to let's think and let's be innovative mm-hmm. let's exegete yes the scripture but mm-hmm. also people our culture mm-hmm. and we do all that and still as we should do all that yes. at the end of the day it's messy and unless the holy spirit does what he does we might as well just pack up shop you know, yeah, because yes. we're yes. we can't you know like you said all of our training all of our systems which again, if that's the tension, we need to do those things. Yeah, I think we're yes. called to do yes. those things to use our minds mm-hmm. to love the Lord. But unless mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit works, yeah, and that's what holds us together, yeah. right? In yeah. in in, yeah. in whatever culture um, uh, we work mm. in, uh, Christina. I know we're we're kind of moving towards the end here. Um, mm. I I'll give you the shot, Nathan, to ask, but I just want to make sure we. Our last question, mm-hmm. so I'm leaving room for a penultimate question. If you had one, Nathan, you <laughs> might have said something. Is um, just what we can do. We're going to share this with our uh, global partners team. Matt still calls it missions team, but we're trying to say global partners. 
because um, right. you know we obviously you're a missionary we are privileged to support but we also want to um, you know make sure that that a broader group of people know so I, I know we're gonna want to ask how we can specifically pray for you at this time but then I cut you off Nathan were you gonna get one more in there no I think I think this is going to be a good place to uh, to end um, with that so yeah Christina how yep. How can we, because it's not just that we're going to share it with global partners, but we're going to promote this mm-hmm. um, in our in our church service as well. Um, we make no bones yep. about, we, we do a podcast to help supplement some of the spiritual growth and maturity within our congregation. Um, and so we are going to be passing this along to them as well. So those who are listening, how can they pray for you? How can they um, support you? And please... Don't give us just, you know, a standard answer of prayer, but also tell us physically, like, can we send you something like, you know, do you love Oreos and wish you could get Oreos Uh, or, you know, what, what can we do? Um, You know, Paul doesn't just ask for prayer, but he asks for his parchment and pen as well. And so how can we support you spiritually, but also how can we support you um, in a tangible way? Yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's, yeah. don't do the standard. All right, let's see. <laughs> um, back, now, Nathan, she's like, okay, I don't need any prayer. Uh, I don't need any scripture. Uh, you know what I could use? Uh, conditioner. Right? <laughs> Maybe my pinky toe? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, okay. Uh prayer you're definitely going to need to edit this because a bit of a background we have a leadership team there's four guys on our field leadership team uh-huh. one is in germany he just had open heart bypass surgery and a valve thing wow, wow. one is in texas working itinerantly mm-hmm. one is in uh the pacific north northwest on furlough he'll be back soon okay and one just got back and is down in Mindanao. So we have four men, four men, four different countries, or three different countries, four different time zones. Hmm. Wow. And that's the field leadership. Wow. <laughs> yes. And so as little administrator trying to keep the wheels rolling, oh. it's been challenging. Yeah, I was going to say, when do you schedule a, a team's call? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, it gets fun. I'm like, okay, I need to talk to this one. And so when you're talking about trying to coordinate, I tell you, I Google it all the time. What is the time zone in this part of I Texas? Bet. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, and I'm like, I need an answer. And they're like, it's 2 in the morning. Okay, I don't need an answer. I'll talk to you later. Wow. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's that for me personally... It's very challenging to try to do my ministry effectively with such a scattered, I say fractured, but I, it's not like there's any fights. It's yeah. just one's out. It's just, just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that's my number one. Just, just trying to do my ministry well. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot going on. We've got, like I said, we've got the tannin in, in language. We, things are booming. It's lovely and it's wonderful. And they're all, all four of them are hardworking, mm-hmm. godly men who desire to see churches planted. It's just the logistics of trying to make it happen. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. my number one. If you want to talk brass tacks, 
There you go. I love it. And no. with with that is of course my own my own spiritual walk and reactions. Mm-hmm. Let's put let's be real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, you can have a godly reaction or a not godly reaction, mm-hmm. and that's on me and my own walk. Yeah, no, no, that's very honest of you to admit, uh, and we appreciate it, Christina. I can't personally relate because Nathan, to all my reactions are always godly. <laughs> But yes, I, I yes. can I can tell you I've seen Nathan have a I, couple ungodly reactions. I have I have completely godly reactions until I get behind the wheel of a car, <laughs> and then um, something yeah. happens and I need a full exorcism <laughs> in order to uh, get out of that situation. Yes, we call it's Nathan like, driving our, our the finance guy. Yeah, <laughs> our finance guy is like that. He is like the most mild. We call it Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah, most mild mentor, like. Missionaries call him up at all hours. Can I get a transfer for blah, blah, blah? Sure. Yeah. He gets behind the wheel. And we're like, dear God in heaven, what happened to you? What is it about? There is some, it is like just God's reminder that we still need sanctification. Right. It doesn't matter who you are. It really doesn't. In every aspect of your life, calm, cool, and collected. Yep. The world could literally be falling apart yep. around you, and it's like, okay, let's do the first thing, then we'll do the second thing, yeah. and then just getting behind the wheel of the car yep. and all of those people, and all of a sudden, I feel like I, I my my blood pressure shoots up, and oh, yeah. I just I I, I want to kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've found and myself saying that. Add in the religious guilt. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> my neighbor is myself. Yeah. And, you know it's. Wow. Christina, seriously, though, what a great request. So specific. Just you. I love it. Four wonderful, godly guys that want to reach the world, plant churches among indigenous peoples. But just the challenge of coordinating that with that much massive diversity and, um, you know, just getting everybody scheduled. Wow. Oh, yeah. We'll certainly pray, Christina. This was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys, I, I know I've said it before, but literally, you ask me anything, my life is open. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we we appreciate it. we we love that about you and having you on here. Um, it is so so great to be able to talk with you about that. And and seriously, like, is there is there something like um, because our um, you know our our missions team, our global partners. There Almost fell into the trap. Yep. Um, our global partners, I know, know how to reach out to you. But for those of um, our congregation who are just listening, um, who, you know, they'll connect with them. If somebody's like, I, I'd really like to do something to just say, hey, I listened to this and, and you know, I, I heard this thing. And so just, you know, thinking about you, praying for you, uh, but, you know, wanted to send you something practical as well. Because I know being on the mission field, uh, you know, getting things from home, things that remind you, um, you know, is precious too. And so we, we do want to invite you to, you know, talk to us about some of those things that you wouldn't mind receiving. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, to be honest, that's, that's a tough one for me. Uh, living in Manila, I have a lot, I have access to a lot of Western things. Mm -hmm. Um, so like for me, like if I want Oreos, as an example, you just need to decide, do I want to pay the import price for something? You know? Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. So the access, but, and this has happened to me multiple times, like, even, like, it's not the gift. Knowing somebody thought of me, took the time and thought 
to send a gift, that's that's so kind. Wow. You know what I mean? You yeah. know? And like, let's say they send me <clears throat> a bag of tomatoes and onions. I'm just mm. going to use it as an example because I don't like tomatoes and onions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know <clears throat> I would be so appreciative of that gift. And then I would in turn give it to somebody who I know loves it. And I would be thrilled to pieces. I can be a blessing to somebody. And some, somebody was kind enough to send it to me. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so the gift thing. Yeah, nothing really comes to mind, honestly. Um, okay. To be really honest, nothing. That's great. Christina, I'm, I'm a lot like you. Like, if somebody hypothetical, I don't like this so much, sent me a bag of like, you know, 20s and 50s. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. if somebody wants to do that, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll just try to receive the spirit behind. It. Yeah, the difference is I could picture Christina <laughs> passing it on. I don't picture yeah. you passing it on. <laughs> oh, I'm passing on. I'm passing on for a year's worth of passes to the local movie theater. Uh, <laughs> and, or you're like, who are you kidding, don't you? To local restaurants. Right. That's more like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, this was great, Christina. Really yeah. enjoyed reconnecting with you, and uh, you really... You've helped us this month. We really want to focus on, you know, just the the gospel at work mm -hmm. in other places. And oh, just you gave us such a realistic, authentic picture. Thank you. Yeah. All right, we oh, are going well, to. Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. Yeah. We are going to go ahead and sign off now. Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.